Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody! Welcome to Mini Crush. Uh, been a few weeks since we recorded edition. It sure has, Chuck. And uh, I gotta say, I, I really was bummed that I missed the the slasher roundup with uh, with you and um, and Joe. And who else was on there? Annie and Ram Jam. Oh, that's right. Ramsey stepped in. He Clutch. made his uh, debut. That's awesome. On our show. Oh man, he did a great job. I bet he did. It was wonderful. And Annie's just the best. Oh, of course. She's gonna uh, she's gonna come in for a regular interview. Conversation. Wonderful. And uh, hopefully more. One of my favorite people in the office. You are freshly shorn. Yeah. You have your hipster soccer haircut all squared away. I do. I do. (laughs) I hate you guys because now I have to over-explain at the haircutter every time now. What do you mean? I have to I have to like say like eight times, don't do what every all the other guys are doing. <laughs> and I literally can point to like nine guys in the room that have your haircut. Oh, I'm like, don't do that to me. I remember when I first got it, you commented on Facebook something to the effect of like sell out um, for you for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I didn't you don't you don't appear to be one to fall into the trends, but well, I guess you know. It look, it when I got this haircut, Chuck, uh-huh. my my uh, my self confidence went up like five clicks. Okay? Hey, dude! So whatever it takes is if what that's I say. All, if that's all it takes, do you want to talk about your uh, life of late? It's not all it takes, but it was it was definitely like set me on a path, a trajectory of sorts. Okay, <laughs> uh, and uh, and it's, it's been it's been good ever since. I feel like the haircut is what really really set things off for me. I think it's funny. I just uh, and again, not knocking your haircut or the other gazillion guys with that cut. But I think that is one of those, you know, sometimes you can see a style in the moment that you're like, boy, in 10 years, we're all going to wonder why we did that. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of those. Okay, Chuck. (laughs) We'll see. And I've had those cuts. History history will be the judge. I had a fucking mullet, Noel. Ooh. Why don't you bring that back, Chuck? You've got the power. Mm, I think there are some mulleteers out there. You think so? Sure. The ironic, I mean, that's like, 
That's so hipster. It's like underground subterranean yeah. hipster. With a rat tail, mayhaps. Yeah, I've yeah. seen those guys. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Um, just I'll tell you just a really quick thing that happened. I got to see you and Josh uh, in, in the wild do yeah. a performance at the Bell House. And then we hung out socially for like the first time. I know. With your, with your lovely wife, Emily. And That's it right. It was a lot of fun. And uh, have... friends, our friend Eric. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tristan from the office Tristan was here. Tristan was there. And uh, some Australian fellows. Yeah, that's right. We hung on for a while. Yeah, that was a good time. It was a very Thanks good for coming. time. Of course, dude. The Bell House is great. We've played there a couple times with stuff that I want you to know, but you guys are like rock stars there. You did three nights, and we got to see night two. Uh, Will? That was the best night, I think. Oh, good. I think yeah. night two was the, yeah. the best of the bunch. Well, and I'm, I'm glad I caught it. Our buddy Will Pearson, a big big wig in the company, was there. That's right. A part-time genius. Part-time genius as well. Got They're doing see, shows yeah. again, aren't they? I think they, 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 they do it when they can. He and Mangesh both kind of got big boy jobs in the company. Sure. So they they kind of do it as they're able. Too. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw Mangesh Friday. Oh, cool. He came. But it was great, man. I mean, one of the great, uh, I even put it on the Movie Crush page, one of the great New York trips I've had ever, probably. And I've had a lot of them. It was just wonderful. What else What else set it off Well, for you? the shows were great. The weather was perfect, as you know. Yes. New York in the fall before it gets cold. Um, and it was just, Emily and I had no itinerary. We didn't plan a show or a museum or anything. And we like we lunched and we strolled and we shop popped, which is what we call, you know, like just walking around, going into shops leisurely, like uh, just leisurely doing things. We kind of split up on Saturday yeah. to do separate things. Separate friend group things. And I went to the Angelica movie theater, oh, cool. my old favorite, and saw yeah. the lighthouse. How was it? And had uh, a we cappuccino should... in the cafe there. It was Great. We should crush to judge. Lighthouse. Have you seen it yet? I haven't yet. Okay. Uh, what I want to see is Parasite. I think um, I'm going to see that today. Actually. Oh, I might go see that uh, tonight. Actually, after yeah. a little happy hour with with folks, I had a very similarly leisurely New York situation because I had a thing on Friday that I was there for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got there Thursday night. Happened to be your show. Sure. Didn't know about that. Good so that was me. that was dope. Went to that Friday. Did my thing with this country band for a music podcast that we're doing friday night went to upright citizens brigade um oh, saw yeah? what, the, the, uh, the stepfathers show? it's okay. this uh, they play every friday night but the guy connor ratliff who is one of the main improvisers in that group he's in marvelous mrs mazels uh-huh. occasionally and um the chris gethard show he has worked with me helping kind of with some script stuff on the baron banjo podcast and cool. working on some other stuff so went to that got comps from from him because he's a sweetheart yeah i'm just recently started seeing somebody that's and, right no i know uh, all about this, this is i great. actually flew flew her up because uh-huh. she had the weekend and i had some sky miles and yeah. she got there that night we went to that together uh then the next day we had brunch with john cameron mitchell okay great of, of hedvig fame yeah uh, we started at like two o'clock at this avocado toast emporium Australian <laughs> cafe, of uh, and we sat there with John and and his uh, uh, composer buddy, a lovely dude named Brian, till six o'clock. Chuck, that's great. Just chatting it up yeah. about the world, music, movies, sure, uh, everything you could think of. Then we left and went to this bar, and an hour later, I get a text: "Hey, it's JCM. Where are you? Where are you?" And he 
came back out and he brought Julian Coster from Neutral Milk Hotel with him. Okay. And we hung out with him for hours. I don't know Julian Coster. He's the saw player in Neutral Milk Hotel. Okay. He's also in a, in a band called The Music Tapes and has this amazing podcast called The Orbiting Human Circus of the Air. It's oh. kind of a psychedelic, trippy experience, like very um, uh, audio kind of centric storytelling. Yeah. Um, but very much in the style of like some of that. Athens Elephant Six kind of music, right? Yes, sure. Um, so we had a lot of mutual friends. He had a buddy that was with him who lived in Athens at the same time I did, had seen my band several times. Wow. It was just like perfect serendipitous yeah. encounterings, you know? And you had the new lady who's probably like, you know, you're probably impressing well, her but with she's, your... But she's so adaptable <laughs> and was just like held her own and all of this stuff. Of and, course. And it was just wonderful. It was just the That's best. great. Yeah. That's great, Noel. And then we had a live Stuff They Don't Want You to Know event at the iHeart offices, and that uh-huh. went really well. And um, Man, look at us. Couldn't have, uh, couldn't have asked for a better week. Went to the Museum of Sex, which I'd never been to, which is a really interesting place if you yeah. haven't been. Yeah. Josh is a big fan of that yeah. one. It's neat. It's neat. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Uh, and well, and then Saturday night, I went to, uh, like I said, Emily and I kind of did our own thing because we had different plans. And she went to dinner with uh, her friend Diana from college, who she hasn't seen in, in since college. Oh, wow. And uh, I went to dinner with uh, Paul Schneider, friend of the show. The Schneids? The Schneids. And we ended up uh, just having a great date, the two of us. Oh, he seems like a cool dude to hang with. He's a very co- cool dude. And I told uh, Schneids that he's he's legit one of my favorite people to have like a four-hour conversation with. Just really interesting guy. And um, uh, we've become like pretty good pals. He's mm-hmm. a good dude. He, I don't, I don't want to like him, him in, but we talked about some scripted stuff, and um, you know, I was like, listen, just just do a pilot. Oh yeah, it was like it's so low. You know, we talk about barrier to entry, right? And that's still the great thing about a podcast. Absolutely, it's like. Just try do a pilot. See what you think. It's a great way to test the waters too. I feel yeah. like a lot of things like Does it we're commit doing, you to much. We're doing this thing with Blumhouse, right? Like yeah. where I think part of the deal is we're taking some of their scripts that they haven't made into movies right. and making them into, and making them into podcasts because yep. then you can market test it yep. and then you see, oh, is there interest? How what's this right. what's the uh, response? And you then maybe fast. then you turn it into a, a movie or a series af- right. afterwards. And I that's what I was a, telling Schneids, you mm-hmm. know. It's like you want to make a movie, make it a podcast first. Right. And uh, that's just sort of the weird world we're in right yeah, now. It's so neat that we've kind of found ourselves oddly at the epicenter of this thing. It's really, I know. really, I feel very, very lucky. Cool. Um, but yeah, so that's so cool that we both had similarly uh, delightful New York weekends. It's just great. Boy, going to the Angelica again. I haven't been there since I lived there. Uh, it's just, it was just so wonderful. I went to a poster shop and rec- I went record shopping. Mm. And I was just like, it was just one of those, it reminded me of the old days. Yeah. It was very nice. Very cool. So uh, let's do a little uh, plug in, Noel. Um, I had uh, I know you got a couple of new projects we'll plug but sure. last night I was in conversation with Jake Brennan uh, of Disgraceland for his book Yeah, and I just guy. want to tell everyone out there if you haven't listened to Disgraceland it's great Jake is a wonderful guy uh, buy his new book Disgraceland yeah. it is um, the, the whole conceit of it is true crime meets music Jake is a huge music guy and a musician himself Sure, composes all the music and he tells stories of some of the legendary uh, bad behaviors of famous musicians. Musicians behaving very badly, I believe, is the subtitle of the book. Yeah, it's yeah. good stuff, and Jake is awesome. 
and he deserves your support. He does. I, I'm lucky enough to EP the slate that his show is on, and so yeah. we work together relatively closely. I couldn't make it last night because I've been, you, I'd been out for busy. a while. Well, I'd just been out of town for a while, and I yeah. hadn't had my kid, and Tuesday's my kid day, so I sure. picked her up, and we just had a nice, chill That's dinner great. night at home, which I absolutely needed. Yeah, but, uh, as it should be. Love, love Jake, and so happy to see his success. And Noel, uh, you have a couple of great shows out right now. Uh, Murder in Oregon and yeah. Bear and a Banjo. Yeah, Murder in Oregon is um, it's it's the kind of stuff you you couldn't write stuff this uh, twisty and and fascinating. I mean, it's the story of a uh, corrections, the head of corrections in Oregon who gets murdered outside of his office in 1989. Clearly a hit job. Clearly a hit job. Uh, the um, powers that be say very quickly that it was a car burglary gone wrong. Right. But it absolutely all signs point to it being a calculated assassination because yeah. he had uncovered serious corruption in the prison system. And the crazy part is his brother um, smells a rat mm-hmm. and moves, uproots his entire life, moves to Salem, Oregon from Florida and becomes this kind of self-styled, you know, Dashiell Hamnet type uh, sleuth mm-hmm. and tries to uncover the secret behind his brother's murder. Fantastic. And then and it just goes goes crazy places from there that you couldn't even possibly I can't wait. I I mean, it's out now. I listened to, uh, in the office the other day, just listened to like 10 minutes of the pilot uh, just to sort of get a feel for it. But I love it and subscribed and I'm going to be getting into it. I appreciate it, Chuck. And I was lucky enough to be able to be very hands-on with uh, actually creating the soundtrack with some local studio musicians, uh, the Diamond Street Players, who, if you've heard of Ruby Vell and the Soulphonics, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of the folks that play with her, kind of like this retro... um, Amy Winehouse, Daptones Records kind of sound. Yeah, Motown. We, we did mm-hmm. a very David Lynchy noir kind of vibraphones and like you know tremolo guitars oh, and cool. very eerie kind of like uh, detective-y type, true detective type music, and nice. um, did a whole score from scratch, just like talking it through with these guys, yeah. kind of improvised. But I'm, fun, a, huh? I'm a musician, so I got to be like, oh, let's switch these parts around, let's change this chord, right. very hands-on, and it, really proud of the way it turned out. That's awesome. And then Bear and a Banjo. Bear and a Banjo is. Is a fiction podcast that's sort of uh, somewhere between Prairie Home Companion and like a Coen Brothers film mm-hmm. where it's a story of these two imaginary musicians that sort of Forrest Gumped their way through musical history, changing right. the course of events in like uh, Americana music. And the soundtrack is produced by the great T-Bone Burnett yes. um, of Oh Brother Where Art Thou fame, True Detective score fame, all of that great stuff. And Bob, just Bob music Dylan. Fame. Yeah, incredible, yeah. <laughs> incredible guy. And uh, co-written by this guy Pooh Bear who is uh, Justin Bieber's songwriter. So it couldn't be a weirder mashup of worlds colliding. And you end up with this really fun to listen to, really nicely sound designed kind of caper story of yeah. these two guys. And um, all these musicians kind of come through everyone from like, a, you know, Muddy Waters. You've got Sonny Liston, the boxer's a character. And uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a romp. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And Murder in Oregon sounds, speaking of like developing for Hollywood, that sounds like it's just... Ripe for the picking. 100%. Either documentary or film. Yeah. I think or we're, limited series. We're exploring or something. A, a lot of that stuff. I'm sure. Of I'm, I, I really hope so. Please do check check those out. That is great. So thanks for indulging that, everyone. But we like to keep you up with the haps, what we're doing. Here's the thing saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. 
it's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of the last podcast on the left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. But Noel, we are going to dive into some content here. It's been a while. I was very happy to get back in this room, get Same. the movie crushers going. Oh, yeah. We're going to start out with the post-Halloween blues social studies. Social studies on movie crush. Not quite post-Halloween, but by the time this comes out, it will be. Um, and I'm kind of sad. I mean, I know we can't do Halloween content forever and horror movie content forever, but I'm really enjoying these October movie crushes. And it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I was so excited to really be a part of all of it. and then You were a part travel. of none of it. I was a part of the one where we talked about <laughs> yeah, how great true. it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're that's here now <laughs> uh, for the post-mortem. So, that's know, okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, you know, we'll be around next Halloween. Agreed. Hopefully. Yeah, no, no doubt. So I asked very simply, uh, what Halloween movie did you see this year that was brand new to you and that you liked? Very simple. Uh, I, I watched a bunch of new stuff because, you know me, I, I don't have a big history of slasher movies and so i watched a lot of them and i'm digging them mm-hmm. i finally watched black christmas a couple of nights ago yeah yeah, yeah. uh have, have you seen i that? haven't seen that that's good um i did watch really good M- my bloody valentine never seen it i'll tell you what the best thing about it is chuck is it's canadian as fuck oh really it's like these these dudes <laughs> have such thick canadian accents yeah. they sound like they're from prague or something it's bonkers I don't even know what that means. exactly uh-huh. just 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 watch it uh it's 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 a delight uh it's actually quite beautifully shot and apparently tarantino's one of tarantino's favorite slasher films and you can see why okay um it is a very well shot film but the the, the accents are on point i will have to check that out black christmas i thoroughly enjoyed it's made by bob clark the uh, he's done three f- famous movies. He did Black Christmas, Porky's, and A Christmas Story. Whoa! Maybe if you drew up a Venn diagram, you would find Bob Clark in the center. But those are three very disparate films. Does Porky's have any Christmas vibes whatsoever? No, and no. Black Christmas. I mean, of course, it's funny that Black Christmas and A Christmas Story are both in there as Christmas films. You mean like A Christmas Story? Like I'll shoot your eye out? A yeah. Christmas Story? Yeah. And he also did the slasher movie Black Christmas. Uh-huh. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. He very sadly lost his life. Uh, he and his son were killed by a drunk driver like within the past 10 years Jeez. in California. That's unfortunate. It's a very sad ending. Uh, all right. So we are going to go and start off with one of my favorite people in the community. Uh, the Danger Oven, Gail Kuntz, says, finally watch Trick or Treat. Obviously not the best thing you'll ever watch, but when it comes to spooky, over-the-top movies, it was great. I'll have, to, I'll have to see that one, too. I think it's a bit of an anthology thing where there's a little vignette, ton of short stories. Oh, really? And there's a weird little pumpkin boy you'll see a lot. Mm. He's got like a bag, kind of like a mesh bag <laughs> okay. mask with the pumpkin drawn on it or yeah. whatever. All right. You pumpkin see him. Boy. Pumpkin boy. Uh, David Barlow says the original Hellraiser, thanks to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. I guess they talked about that. That one's pretty scary. He said it was great. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I saw that back in the day, but I don't remember it very well. Yeah, it's you know Cl- Clive Barker is always good at really bringing the bringing the spooks. Okay, yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Wow, uh, Christopher Steiner. He said, "I don't know if it's a Halloween movie, but it was really good." Steiner, fill that hole, buddy. Uh, here we go with Black Christmas. Aaron Snell. 
Uh, parts of it were outdated. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it, especially seeing where a lot of the modern horror tropes got popularized. Yeah, because Black Christmas inspired Halloween. I mean, it was before all that stuff. Ooh, okay. So you really get that first good killer POV. Is it 70s? It's 70s, and, uh, like, it's it's got a good cast. I think we, we talked on the Horror Roundtable about uh, sometimes what can push it over the top is good actors, because a lot of these slasher movies uh, have bad acting. Um, and The Burning, which is one that I keep, keep raving about, had uh, Jason Alexander, Holly Hunter, and Fisher Stevens in their very first film roles. And they were great. And that kind of stuff can push a movie over the top. This movie had a young Margot Kidder and had uh, uh, Andrea Nelson, who oh, was wow. a Saturday Night Live cast member. Uh, so it had some good acting in it. Got to be sorority girls getting stalked, right? Yeah, it's so funny though. It so doesn't come across as a sorority. Oh, really? I don't know. They they just may, they all seem like they're thirty years old to me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I may have said this last episode. I was going to say it really quickly. I've been watched. I've been identifying eighties horror movies that don't have lots of nudity uh, and that are not over the top gory, and watching them with my daughter. Yeah, um, because she gets a kick out of that stuff, and most of them are hilarious. Yeah, you said child's play. Child's play. Really, yeah. yeah, we watched one, and we, we we may have we got to two, uh-huh. um, and two is even more over the top with those kind of movies. They always push it a little further each time, yeah. but still quite hilarious <laughs> quite and delightful. Yeah. I need to watch those. Black Christmas also has a, a recurring thing with a, the, the telephone call. You know the conceit is the killer's inside calling from inside the house. Of course he is. That old thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the phone calls are legit disturbing. <laughs> it's really – it's not just – they call it like the heavy breather, but it's a lot more than that. Got it. I'll check it out. Very scary. 74, by the way. Yeah. Uh, old pal Melinda uh, Bacalo says, Little Monsters, The New One, and Overlord. And us saw all those. Did you see Overlord? Yes, that's the Nazi one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Not bad. I watched it on a plane. It was, it was, it was good. Good plane movie. It was a good plane movie. I yeah. think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> God, what did I watch on the plane this time? Oh, uh, goodness, I can't remember. I'll tell you what I watched. I watched Purple Rain. And on the plane? I, I, yeah, and it wow. was not censored. Interesting. And so the guy, I got bumped, or, uh, not bumped, uh, upgraded to Comfort Plus, uh-huh. but it was the very front row of Comfort Plus. Sure. So I had like full leg stretch abilities, and the screen is really far away. Yeah, I'm so, not a fan of the bulkhead. No, like I'm not that? either. No, 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 I hated it. It was, it was. I wish I had just been in my regular seat. Yeah. Because also the screen is so far ahead of you. It's like visible to literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so like Apollonia's like full. You know. You they know. show the nude scene. They show the nude scene. Oh wow. And they usually don't do that. I've noticed Delta censors swears in movies a lot of times. I was really surprised. I'm surprised they showed her Apollonius. They did. They absolutely <laughs> did. Boy, I, I had a big crush on her. Little Baptist Chuck. Oh, dude, she's, she's so gorgeous. <laughs> and that's a movie where, I mean, it's obviously iconic and amazing, but Prince is not a good actor. <laughs> nah, he wasn't the best actor. He was fine. My favorite part, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, not making light good of- Good movie, though. Not making light of domestic violence or anything, but he's like, Dad! <laughs> Mom! Yeah. <laughs> Do, he, he, she's heard you, Dad! You know, like it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a it little, a little Luke Skywalker, little, too. A little, 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 little weird. <laughs> Great movie, though. Oh, so good. The performance scenes are, ugh. Yeah, we watched, Emily and I watched that, uh, like, the day after he died or something. Like everyone else in the world. What movie did I watch, Noel? On the plane? God damn it, that's really making me mad now. I'll have to ask Emily. Delta should have a... Like a, oh, cute, a record. Or it should, it should be in your app. Do you have the Delta app? No, but I do. Well, I do have that. But I do, uh, by the way, everyone, uh, if you're on Facebook, you've seen I'm now on Letterboxd. Are you on Letterboxd? No. So that is an app, a, a film social app 
to where you I've heard of it, yeah. track your films and all that stuff. And we need to tell all, all of our guests who come on if they are on the app to say who they are because, like, I know people would want to follow Casey, of course. Um, and you can follow me. I think my name is just Chuck Bryant, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all one word, capital C, capital B, Chuck Bryant. You can follow me if you want. I'm still figuring this out and exactly all the things you can do because apparently you can make lists and things like that, and we can get it going with the Movie Crush community. So you should sign up, Noel. I'm doing it right now. Oh, you are? Great. Let us know what your uh, handle is. It's going to be How Now Noel Brown. (laughs) How Now Noel Brown? Yeah, that's my Instagram handle. What I did watch, not on this flight, uh, but a previous trip, was um, Teen Spirit. Did you see that? No. It was good. It was Elle Fanning, and she plays a young singer in uh, from England who goes on, like, the pop star show. Uh, I think Teen Spirit is the name of the show, maybe. Um, like, American Idol type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good, actually. It was one of those, like, you know, you take a flyer on a plane a lot of times. Yeah, of course. No pun intended. Right. And uh, on movies that you may not ordinarily invest in. And I did, and it was actually quite enjoyable. That sounds cool. I think I, I, I feel like I've seen the, the trailer. I watched Booksmart recently, and I loved it. I still haven't seen that. I loved it. Yeah, I can't wait. It hit me in all the feels. I was literally crying on the plane watching Booksmart. Yeah, I need to check that out. I'm going to remember what movie I saw, Noel, one of these days. I know you will, Chuck. I believe in you. I'm going to scream. I'm going to text you in the middle of the night. Uh, let me see. Asa Wilson says she saw all, uh, Us for the first time. Perfect vibe for this time of the year. Totally. Ooh, someone filled a hole. Uh, Genevieve Flynn saw Psycho for the first time. Nice. Thought it would be too slow, but it kept me interested and had a few still creepy moments. Oh, that's the thing about those those Hitchcock movies. They're not slow. <laughs> that's what set him apart is like yeah. they, they move. Yeah. You know, they absolutely like For hit. sure. Yeah. Uh, old friend John Millsap said The Lighthouse. I don't know if I'd call that horror, John. I'm not sure what to call it. <laughs> Can't wait to crush that out, Noel. Existential Dread. Very interesting film. Like that Eggers guy, he's he's in a different uh, lane oh, as, for as sure. everyone else. For sure. He's yeah. really doing some interesting things. I'm very excited to see it. I'll see that this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Zach Pointer, old pal, says the Japanese Ringu, which I did not see. I, I thought the American one was better, actually. Yeah? Yeah. R- Ring did. greater than Ringu? In my in IMHO. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> LOL. Uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole Park says Rosemary's Baby filled that hole. Um, Alec, uh, wow, you got a lot of consonants in your name, my friend. Uh, Maximowicz says Cube. I saw that back in the day. Oh, Cube is fun. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah. And there was Cube 2 Hypercube. <laughs> What's it I called, Hypercube? It was called Hypercube. I didn't see that one, but. <laughs> oh, is it not called Hypercube? It is. No, it's called Hypercube. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh absolutely it is. No I, no, I did not make that up. I, I couldn't just, tell I just, if you I, were I haven't seen it. Mocking or not. No, I loved Cube. All right, so I think we're going to officially put to bed. The Halloween stuff, Noel. Uh, actually, maybe not because this next one, and we rarely do this, is just a general recommendations thread uh, just to kind of catch up on what people have been watching either at home or in the theaters, TV or film, whatever. But just what have people been seeing the past few weeks? So I'm sure some of these will be horror. Uh, but one of our pals, Jeff uh, Stromsta, says, Sunshine, one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Uh, but this most recent watch just seems so much better than ever. Yeah, I liked a lot of Sunshine. Not all of it. Wasn't that Danny Boyle? Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember a ton about it. It was okay. I remember 
I really enjoyed the first half and not so much the second I half. I seem to remember it jumping the shark a little bit and getting so. a little over the over, you know, just overwrought. Uh, Julio Casada says uh, HBO's Watchmen show is really cool. Have you seen it yet, Noel? I'm excited to. No, I have not. I saw the pilot. It was great. That's what I hear. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in. I'm for sure in. And uh, we just started watching uh, Succession, too. Have you seen that? I've seen the first season. I adore it. Yeah. It's the same writers as Peep Show, which is one of my favorite British comedy uh, series of all time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's it's a very, very different show, but very similar sensibility in terms of pure snark. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, Emily f- liked it but fell asleep because she was tired but said she's in. Uh, and I also finally finished The Boys. I'd been sitting on these last two episodes forever and finally knocked those out yesterday. Which one's the boys again? The real sort of realistic superhero That's world. Right. Yes, 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 yes. It was good. And yeah. it ends the cliffhanger and the end of the season is really like pretty spectacular. So I'm looking forward to that, that season too. Uh, let me see. Honey Boy, Joshua Lifferth saw Honey Boy. Really well done. Great performances. I want to see this. Do you know that movie? Honey Boy? Yeah. It's uh, – the guy I, I can't stand, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf. But he's he's made a film sort of about his childhood. I know you're talking about. As an actor. Is, isn't it about, um, don't they go door to door? Aren't they like on the roads, a road movie or something like that? Well, I mean, it's it's his life as a young actor with his father. And oh. Shia LaBeouf plays his father. And I don't think he's called Shia LaBeouf in the movie. But it's very much oh, autobiographical. That's fine. No, I'm actually thinking of another movie with Shia LaBeouf called American Honey. That's different. That's a rude movie. This oh, okay. is Honey Boy. It's very different. Oh, but, interesting. It's yeah. very confusing. Uh-huh. A little bit. <laughs> I think Honey Boy was his nickname his got father it. gave him. I, I think he's a, he's, he's a genius actor. I think it's got really think, good reviews. I think he's phenomenal. I mean, he's obviously a bit of a train wreck of a human, but um, sometimes that adds to the... Well, and know, I think the, this movie explains a little yeah. bit of that, uh-huh. like why he is how he is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I'll check it out too. I don't know if it's a theater movie for me, but... Uh, Don Morris, old pal, says, uh, this season of The Good Place... Such a joy in this weary world. And uh, speaking of The Good Place, John Millsap, old friend, has also been seeing that. I need to see it. Uh, old pal Melinda, once again, is back. Bacalao, uh, re-watching the Evil Dead trilogy. Always great. You know, I had the great Joe Garden on for Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. Noel. So good. He came I on Friday it. night to really? uh, the Bell House. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you missed him. He and his uh, lovely wife, Hannah, who I finally got to meet. She's great. Uh, Vanessa Cashman. Old friend says, uh, The Goldfinch really enjoyed that movie. Don't know why it didn't do better in the theaters. I have not seen that. I don't know The Goldfinch. Isn't that based on a book? It sounds familiar. It doesn't matter. I don't know it either. Uh, Katie Scott says, Finally went and saw Joker. Can't recommend it enough. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. All right, I saw it. What did you think? It was good. Okay, right on. Yeah, it was good. I think it's one of those that like, it's not sticking with me like uh, as the masterpiece that some are calling it, mm-hmm. but it was a really good movie. Sure is polarizing. Some people are like some of my uh, my Facebook uh, address book who are like very clearly virtue signaling social justice warrior types are very up in arms about this movie, calling mm. it everything from irresponsible to, you know, uh, absolute trash, you know, uh, hmm. an abomination. Maybe hmm. I made that one, but it's just it really hmm. says a lot about. I don't know, like, hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. It's a movie. Hey, man. It's a movie. People have their opinions. Um, I mean, there are certainly awful, depraved films that maybe you could say that about, but I don't know. Joker, to me, kind of was a realistic look at the times we're living in. 
quick uh, shout out or, or plug, if you don't mind. A good buddy of mine, Nicholas, has a podcast called Videodrome Cinema, where oh. they do reviews typically of, of new stuff. And also sometimes they'll do like a rewatch. They did Candyman recently nice. and uh, did some stuff for Halloween season. They have a really good discussion on the Joker movie. Uh, and I recommend you checking it out. Videodrome Cinema. I will have to hear that for sure because I am interested in getting uh, different takes. Joaquin Phoenix was great. The whole movie was good. I was very impressed with uh, Todd Phillips. He's got some skills mm-hmm. beyond, you know, silly movies like The Hangover. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say he he said a bit of a dumb, dumb thing uh, in oh, saying he? that. He just said that, like, we can't do comedy anymore because of all of these oh, politically correct right. assholes or whatever. Gotcha. And I'm kind of like, okay, Todd Phillips, I see you, but I also, like, you know, is, does it mean we can't do comedy anymore? It just seems like a little, little extreme. Well, no, you can do whatever you want. Doesn't yeah. mean everyone's going to like it. That's also true. That's also true. But that, that he literally said, I'm not doing comedy anymore right. because it's too difficult with all of these, you know. All right. I, I see where he's coming from. I just feel like saying it that way sort of makes you sound lazy rather than, like, you know, describing the, the culture or whatever. Like, it means... Right. I don't know. Like, it, it rubbed me the wrong way, but I also kind of see where he's coming from because it, it does, again, even with this Joker thing, people so quick to to shut it down and say, you can't do a movie like that this day and age. It's irresponsible. And I'm right. like, you know, I mean, come on. Don't go see it then. Exactly. Well, And, if, you know, that's also a little lazy to be like, you can't do comedy because everything's offensive. Everything's not offensive. You could do comedy that's not offensive. Plenty of people are doing it. <laughs> also true. That's exactly right. That's also so true. So like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. That's 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 sort of the that's a sticky issue. Deal. What made Vincent Van Gogh one of the greatest painters and most tortured souls of all time? There's something truly magical about the fact that he pulled out of this life of misery these joyful images of flowers and rolling hills and bright colors. Would Albert Einstein be diagnosed with attention deficit disorder today? He was a very good student in the math and sciences, and he was a mediocre to decent student in other areas. Some of that is lack of interest. Some of that is also lack of talent. Was Harry Houdini predestined to become the great escape artist based on his family's great escape? All of these things can function as sort of a a metaphor for his own genesis and origin story, which seems to be, again, you know, a series of escapes. I'm Dr. Gail Saltz, and on my new podcast, Personology, I'll be joined by amazing experts to delve into the minds of famous historical figures. If you want to know what really made exceptional people tick, then take a listen to Personology. Listen to Personology every Monday on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Kristen Bitsagai, one of our oldest of pals, um, she said, I introduced my sons to the Adams Family, and it was a great experience. I took uh, my daughter to see that movie. The, the new one, the animated one? Uh-huh. Was it funny? It wasn't great. No, it didn't look great. Well, I'll say this, Noel. For a four-year-old, it was fine. I'm sure. But I was very tired, and I actually purposefully fell asleep. Took a little snoozer. Yeah, like I felt myself drifting, and, I'm, and in a movie theater, I'm just like, no, no, no. Watch the movie. Yeah. But in this case, I went, wait a minute. I've got an hour and 15 minutes left in this thing, in this turd ball. Now, now are you not a snorer? <laughs> nah. Really? Not, not usually. Oh, lucky. And so I slunk down. Yeah. And sort of nodded off and woke up toward the end, and it was quite wonderful. Very cool. Movie nap. And she didn't, like, call you on it. What happened, Dad? No. Tell me. No, but you know what I did do? And I'll 
I'll admit this on air. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. Yeah. It was one of those things in the middle of the movie. I was like, she's four and a half. What do I do here? Do I drag her out of this theater to the bathroom that's luckily positioned right outside this of theater house? I said, no. And I leaned over and I said, hey, kiddo. I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I said, do not move from the seat. I'll be right back. You monster. And I jumped up and I ran to the bathroom. And of course she didn't move. Of course she didn't She's sitting there watching the movie. It's it's absolutely fine. I was gone. uh, I was, it was probably, it was a quickie. Less than a minute, I would say. All in. Didn't even wash my hands. That's disgusting. That's that's the most disgusting part of this whole story. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure though. Sometimes you, you know, as a parent, you know how it is. Well, you know, now your daughter's older, but in those early days, Obviously, you're not going to leave a kid in a hot car. Well, you got to crack the window, Chuck. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but you got to make some of these decisions sometimes. Like, geez, can I run to the bathroom with oh, a four-year-old? Yeah, 100%. And I did, and it was fine. Uh, of course it was fine. And in the old days, shit, that kid would have been in that movie by herself. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking back <laughs> and to- And a parent would have been in the R-rated movie next door. Exactly. I mean, times have changed. I was thinking like in the 90s, I would visit my mom in New York when she was singing, and I was like maybe 11, 12, and she'd let me walk around by myself, the city. Uh, that's New York, though. Well, kind of. Kids do that. But now I think back on it, and I'm like, it was a little sketchy back in those days. You know, it's certainly safer now, but yeah. like back in the 90s, it was a little little dicier there. True. Um, but kids are pretty like- no. Oh, hundred percent safe in yes. New York. I think. I, I think you're probably and like right. kind of largely ignored in New York. Right, people are doing their thing. They're doing their thing, and like kids, you know, you're not going to rob a kid, and it's a yeah, lot. It's a big commitment. Kind of yeah. It's a big commitment to do a kidnapping. <laughs> it is. Are you really? You got to. You got to really do some legwork. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a spur of the moment no, thing. Like, no. oh, hey, let me kidnap a kid real quick. Yeah, and surely I got a few minutes. They'll have all the info <laughs> of of how to track their parents down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. We saw some kids. Uh, we were having Emily and I were having lunch at a little outdoor cafe in Greenwich Village, and there were these kids. I guess the they were either just let out for lunch or maybe the weird New York thing where, like, the school cafeteria is actually in another building and they had to walk to it. But right. these kids were everywhere. And uh, I just marveled. I was like, man, the coolest fucking kids in the world are these New York kids. Oh, for sure. These 10-year-olds that it's are just, be like, a on real, the subway. It's got to be a real perspective. Doing their thing. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that, too. You know? Well, they're not coddled. No. They're not growing up in some no suburban hel- no, no helicopter parents. No, man. They're mm-hmm. out there on the streets. Street kids. Street smarts. And then you see a movie like Kids. Right. And then you think, why never let your kids out? No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> that was a good movie, man. I remember when that came out, I was living up there. Uh, it was, It was. you saw it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. So good. There's sort of a modern, a, a, a more recent equivalent of that that I saw recently, and now I'm having a hard time. Oh, I mean, I guess people were saying that late 90s was kind of... Kind of a, a modern kid. I uh, did not see that. I didn't. I didn't see it either. Yeah, I want to see it. I would. I would also like to see it. Mid nineties. Mid nineties. Was it late nineties? Mid nineties. Late nineties is different. Different story. It's a different movie. <laughs> Mid nineties is, is what's his face, right? It's, it's Jonah, Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. That looks good. All right. Let's finish up with a couple here. Mike Ireland saw The Graduate. He said uh, it was not a first viewing, but he said it was much, much better than remembered. Worthy of a rewatch. How'd you remember it, man? I mean, The Graduate, I see that movie, I feel like, once every couple of years. It's a funny movie, and it's touching. It's the best. And it's just kind of weird. Like, yeah. Uh, Debbie Frangadakis, 20 Feet from Stardom. Great. Have you ever seen that, That's Noel? That's the one about the backup singers. Yeah. Right? No, I haven't seen it. I've heard it. Boy, it's good. Either. It's really good. Another vote for the new Watchman from Tyler uh, Olton. 
Uh, let me see here. Albert Green. I watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, mm-hmm. an Ar- Iranian-language vampire film in the style of Jim Jarmusch. Haven't Very much so. Yeah, it's in black and white. Um, Did you see it? I have, I've, I've, I have not seen it. No, I've seen the trailer, and I'm aware of it, but um, it's supposed to be great. I'll have to check it out. I think it's streaming. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, Trent, Mar- uh, Trent Moore saw Jojo Rabbit. I really want to see that. Buddy of mine says it's phenomenal. Um, I don't think it's out here, is it? No, it's in New York, but it, uh, ah, he's, he's in New York. Stupid New York. I hate you. Oh, well, it's surely going to be at the Midtown uh, soon. I would think so. Yeah. Because Lighthouse is here already, right? Yeah, and I think uh, Parasite is too. We talked about Parasite. Yeah, that's at uh, the Terra. I'm going to see that. Got it. Yeah, we've got to see it. Uh, let me see here. Let's finish out with uh, one more here. Courtney Burkholder, uh, old friend, says, Unbelievable on Netflix. Heartbreaking and rage-inducing. Yes, Courtney, that's the one I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Very, very good short series. And that's it for us for this one, Noel. Okay. Did we have a uh, – I felt bad about that 22-minute show we did a few weeks ago. How long well, was this one? This was a good one. This was 37. Solid 37 with very few stops. Right. So, a lot of padding. I feel like we yacked a lot. But Well, I mean, isn't that what the people want, Chuck? <laughs> I don't isn't know. What, they, want, they want pure yak. I don't know what people want. It's, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. We want this is of course it matters. We're literally on <laughs> the forums, you know, giving the people what they say they want. That's right. Um, I enjoyed it, Chuck. It was nice to get back. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, man. <laughs> sounded very strange. <laughs> Almost said yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, so we'll see you next week. You got it. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The entire first season of This Time Tomorrow is available now to binge from start to finish. In this new iHeart series presented by T-Mobile for Business, join me, Osvaloshin, and Kara Price as we explore the exciting possibilities of the next generation of connectivity. From smart cities to future farms, you'll find out just how much could change with future 5G networks. Listen to This Time Tomorrow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Ron Burgundy, and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably already know the deal. Each week, I bring you hard-hitting journalism and also light entertainment. I contain multitudes. Find the Ron Burgundy Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.